0: This is peak earth i'm case bradford thank you for tuning in to this episode with rin mcdonald i connected with rin around a year ago that would have been july of 2022 he invited me on his podcast and really enjoyed it it was the first time i'd ever engaged in creating a podcast and i loved it since then i've made 69 podcasts 10 as a guest and 59 as a host and Jamming with Rin on the Hope Initiative, his podcast was a catalyst for me to really take another step in my creative journey and begin the art and craft of podcasting. So I'm very grateful to Ren for that and having him on my podcast as a host was awesome. I really enjoyed this riff session. We dived into the power of podcasting and creativity taking chances, childlike exuberance, starting a company. He's a he's a startup founder himself and runs a digital agency in Australia. So thanks for tuning in. If you would like to contribute to Peak Earth Beyond Listening, he came up with a few ideas, want us to share an episode on social media. It could be through Twitter, Instagram, whatever method you, you feel like using. Another way is to leave a five star review on Apple or Spotify. Those do help peak earth uh, third way would be to create an enormous statue of me podcasting uh, it says here's case podcasting you know some, something like that probably like made of bronze or gold in a you know, downtown area it's a little a little lofty you know a statue weird asking for that but you know might as well put it out there it's just me and my microphone just shooting shooting the breeze so those are uh those are three ideas you don't have to do any of those of course appreciate you listening thank you i hope you enjoy this episode with mcdonald how are you
1: case bradford i'm fabulous very glad to finally be joining you uh yeah excited for this conversation
0: Awesome, stoked to hear that. Uh, we first connected when I received a direct message from you. It was a, a video message. And I, I thought, I don't what is this? Someone sent me a video. Who's this guy? I, I've never seen this seen him before. Who's Rin? And and it was a, a very nice message. You're inviting me on your podcast. I'd never done a podcast before. I'd listened to thousands of them and it was exciting. So like, wow, I'm I'm important enough to be on a podcast. This is pretty cool. <laughs> And lo and behold, this is one of the more fun things I've done through the internet and catalyzed me to starting this podcast. And we've got over you know around 60 episodes recorded now and I've been really enjoying the journey. So I guess I'll start from a place of of gratitude to say thank you for reaching out and and inviting me to collaborate through my first podcast and setting me off on the journey of, of creating more podcasts.
1: You're welcome, brother. Yeah, I remember that. It was almost a year ago, actually. So I probably did reach out around a year ago, because I think we recorded end of June 2022. So to see that you've now created all that you have with Peak Earth is uh, really special, and yeah, just grateful that you'd have me on as well. Some of the guests that I've listened to of your of your show, well, all of them that I've listened to haven't listened to every episode, but uh, yeah, they're they're doing really cool things in this world, and so it's an honor to yeah just be on here as as part of that that crew that ever growing sort of catalog of people that you've spoken to so excited for whatever direction you'll take us in today
0: <laughs> great it's uh i appreciate that uh, a lot it's it's I remember listening. So your podcast is called The Hope Initiative. I'll, of course, link that down below for everyone. I recommend checking it out. Ren's a much more seasoned podcaster than I. And, and we made the episode, yeah, about, about a year ago. I think it was like the 88th episode. Uh, there's something around there of, of, of yours. 86, 86. 86
1: with you. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and how many are you on now?
1: Uh, this week will be 131. So, wow. yeah, it's been it's been a challenging time. But as you know, as a podcaster, it can be – you know, I mean, even just with this, with me, I, I think I canceled on you four or five times. It's quite <laughs> funny. Now we're finally sitting down, but yeah, 130 so far.
0: I don't know how people who have like multiple hosts, like there's a lot of shows with, that have two two hosts. I don't know how, I it would be so hard to sing scheduled with like at least with three people. Adding one more schedule in the mix would just be a nightmare.
1: Yeah. That extra variable chaos for sure. Well, the Meat Mafia podcast, I think you might listen to those guys. I love listening to them. They seemingly do it very well, but yeah, it would be, it would be challenging. But I think at the same time, I've thought about this, having a co-host would in some ways keep you accountable. And I know that, and it's something I'm curious for you doing it, you know, you've seemingly been quite consistent, but you don't also seem to have like an exact day that you release on. It seems like this episode should just come out whenever I guess you're ready to release them, which I think is really cool. A really cool riff on, like there's no right way to do a podcast. Um, Yeah, I think maybe having that co-host could help with keeping you accountable to the schedule. Or if your energy maybe isn't super high, having having someone to bounce off helps.
0: Yeah, yeah. On on the schedule piece, it's like it's so hard to to maintain any kind of consistent. I mean, time is an illusion, anyways. Man, you just. (laughs) We're gonna keep ourselves to a certain schedule. Yeah, it's it's hard. I think it would also be cool to have someone to help with like the editing and like the guest uh, sort of outreach and just like all the sort of behind the scenes uh, system sort of process technical details that happens you know behind a podcast that anyone who isn't actually making a podcast probably isn't aware of, or maybe isn't even that interested in, but I think it, it is kind of interesting on some level to look under the hood mm. of like a podcast to know what is, what is happening under there.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I think, you know, people have asked me a few times, like, Oh, you know, how do you work with your team to, to put episodes out?" It's like, I've done every single episode myself and, you know, probably the first, first 30 to 40 episodes, they were some of the most enjoyable, but looking back, probably the hardest in that I would spend, dude, like 10 to 12 hours editing the audio. And I remember like I'd go to soccer training on a Thursday. Thursday is like my release day. I'd always put off the editing as well. Like the procrastination is real when it comes to editing. I don't know if you find that. Like I love having – I love the whole process of it. But once the episode is recorded, I can put off editing until the day it's meant to be released. Like it's so bad. But when I initially started, I would – start the editing process at like 10 o'clock on a Thursday night after I got home from soccer training. And I would be up until 6 a.m. to edit that thing. It was like psychotic. And I remember one particular episode I recorded on the Friday and I went to this guy's house who lived near me, maybe a 30-minute drive, and I'd slept for like an hour between releasing the previous episode and going and interviewing him. So I was like interviewing this dude on like one or two hours sleep. It was so stupid, but that's just like like a little microcosm. Thankfully now the episodes are much quicker. I've improved and refined my process. Technology's come a long way, even in just like three or four years. I started my podcast in 2019 and yeah, there's a lot of things that help, but I enjoy all of that process. And so I don't think short term – I'll hand that over to someone, but I know what you mean it would. It would be nice in certain ways because there's a lot more to it than just having a conversation. Like I think you said before we started uh, recording, the hard part is over. We've we made it on the, on the call now, finally.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and your your profession, your business is centered around podcasting as well, right? You help you help others to begin podcasting and setting up that that system as a as a profession. Is that is that correct?
1: Yeah it is. It it sort of started in in 2021. So I started my own company called Ruckus. And I think we spoke about Seth Godin when we had a chat on on my podcast. Seth's been a really big inspiration for me in a creative sense. Sort of finding his blog in in 2017. So he's he often says go make a ruckus uh, you know the C K spelling R-U-C-K- but I decided to yeah, name my company Ruckus with with a double K. It's sort of a riff on the Dutch language. My name Rin is is Dutch. And so but I like that idea of, you know, go make a commotion, make something that's maybe not the mainstream. And maybe we'll come to talk about it later in the conversation. But yeah, I think, you know, our views align in a lot of ways in in the conversations that we've had and the way we connected, sort of in the space that we are on on Twitter. And yeah, that ultimately came off the back of starting my own podcast, having that for two and a half years. And then, you know, I still think it's early even now, you know, we're recording this end of May, 2023. I don't think there's any podcast that I've seen that's, that's cracked like, I don't even know, 3,000 episodes, 4,000 episodes. I haven't seen one. You know, my goal long-term would be to get to 10,000 episodes, which is, you know, a bit wild when you sort of do the math on what that looks like. And still wanting to maintain some some quality, there'll be a point where I'd have to get to like an episode a day and almost certainly will need a team. Uh, but yeah, the company came off the back of, do you want the long story? Because I feel like I, this is this is a very interesting thing just to break that story for a second. You know, being a guest on a podcast, I've only done it a couple of times, but happy for me to just riff on that. Yeah, yeah. So it was around this time, two years ago, I was working in a marketing agency here in Melbourne, and this was off the back of, you know, 2020, chaotic year for a lot of people, no doubt, and I'd thankfully had a job throughout that time, but the job just wasn't fulfilling me, and so I sought out one as a copywriter at a marketing agency that I thought was doing really, really cool work, and got the job in a a serendipitous fashion actually through another podcast that I produced with a friend of mine called uh, The Blank Canvas, with a guy called Lee Rogers and really, really cool podcast. We ended up interviewing the CEO of the company that I then went on to work for. It was a really funny way that I, I got the job. I was, ended up applying for the job and got an interview, but th- sort of through this guy being a guest on the podcast that I'd produced. And then I was probably not qualified for the job like as a copywriter. I've Always enjoyed writing, but I'd never worked as a copywriter. I didn't think I was that strong of a copywriter, but I knew that I would learn and that's why I wanted to to get into this agency to work for them. But then there was this one particular I think it was a Saturday, I was supporting a friend of mine going for he was trying to run a sub three hour marathon along the beach in Melbourne. So he's, you know, running twenty one kilometers out and twenty one Ks back or whatever it is, miles, 13 out, 13 back. And uh, within like two kilometers of this race of this run, maybe we were, yeah, it was, it was quite early. It's like 6.30 in the morning. We're running down the beach and I'm just on my push bike. Right? I've got a bag on, just support crew with this guy all, all morning. And I see the CEO out on the sand walking, right, just I guess on his morning, routine, just walking, I think he was walking his dog and I just shouted out to him and he ended up coming over and we had a brief chat and I later found out that that was sort of the moment that he decided to give me the job it was almost like the universe telling him to to give me the job and anyway that's a bit of a tangent but I I went into that company and there was a lot of cool creative people there but I actually ended up getting sacked around this time two years ago uh the short version of that was they offered me a promotion after sort of my probationary three-month period, uh, but they wanted some feedback on the company where I essentially, they wanted to, yeah, give me more responsibility, but because they'd only been going for a couple of years, he just wanted some feedback on certain processes and and what I thought, and after a few weeks of trying to give that to him in person, I called him on a Monday and was like, dude, like, you really, you wanted this feedback, and some some things happening there were a few people that were a little bit upset and I just had conversations because you're in the same workspace if someone's crying I'm not going to pretend I don't see it so I had a chat with this girl and you know realized I, I needed to tell the the boss the CEO and uh anyway we spoke and he said all right we'll put it in writing send me an email and um we'll make we'll make some time to speak later in the week so I did and Remember they they were paying me as a copywriter, and after four, five months, my writing skills had definitely improved. I had had many you know great feedback on on some of the things that I'd, I'd written. And anyway, the next day I was sacked on the spot, uh, which was, you know, in the moment I was like quite shocked, but it yeah it, it became the catalyst for ruckus for starting my own company, which didn't happen immediately. I'd actually moved back in with my parents at the time this had all happened. And then Melbourne went back into another lockdown. I think it was our sixth lockdown wow. with, uh, with that nice thing that happened. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it felt like my life was an absolute shambles. I wasn't recording any episodes at the time, wasn't putting anything out into the world. I'd been writing and, and working that muscle. But yeah, when you're back living with your folks at 28 years of age, jobless, locked down, it was pretty fucking shit, dude. And so thankfully I did have the podcast and it was time to sort of rejuvenate that and I would had recorded a couple of episodes that I just hadn't put out into the world yet and and got back into that and then reached out to a friend who had run a successful company for, for a number of years and, yeah, serendipitously Ruckus was born because, you know, there can't be enough conversations on whatever topic. So this sort of thing will always be, be needed. And I guess I had the experience to be able to go into it with some confidence and could direct people uh, to, to help. And so, yeah, in terms of like production wise, you know, I would have produced over 250 episodes now. So obviously like 130 with mine, but I've been doing some other work with some other cool, cool podcasts, cool clients. And yeah, from that, you know, video content, there is copywriting, there is all that sort of stuff. I sort of getting over the imposter syndrome of calling myself like an owner of a digital agency. I don't know how much you follow certain people on Twitter. You know, you might have it hitting the timeline sometimes, but I'm definitely in that space where like all these guys are running digital agencies (laughs) and maybe it's just my Australian tall poppy syndrome coming to to chop me down. But I, I sort of feel it's a little bit wanky. But then I was listening to our conversation earlier this morning, went for a nice hour and a half bike ride and listened to our chat. And for some reason, the thought just popped in my mind of like being cringy is okay. And so like, I just probably need to get over that idea of like, yeah, I own a digital agency. It's podcasting based, video based. I've done some really cool work with some cool clients thus far. And it's really just the beginning. So It'll be two years though in in July, so it's pretty cool.
0: It's awesome, yeah. Thank you, and thank you for sharing that story. And immediately, what jumps to mind is is being cringy is okay. I actually think being cringy is essential. If if you want yeah. to create anything good or cool, you're going to have to go through a process of of cringe or you know of sort of lame you know output where you're just doing your best and it's you know your your skill set isn't quite up to par even in your own mind and you know it takes a while to Mm -hmm. develop that level of of mastery and and i'm going through this a little bit well a lot of it myself making i'm making trying to make more videos which is like of me talking to the camera and it's it's easy and much more natural in a conversational setting but when it's just you talking to a camera it's like really awkward and a difficult skill to develop and it's it's very i watch i watch back the video and i'm like dang this i just cringe you know and, and hence <laughs> yeah, hence the adjective cringy and and it's it's also the the other thing is is you know as a entrepreneur or a small business owner or a digital agency owner like there's a lot you can call yourself you could call yourself the founder of, of a tech company if you want because like all those things could apply totally. so if that label <laughs> if that label like doesn't quite if you don't like the taste of that you can play with it you, just, you know you can say whatever you want you know
1: <laughs> no no totally yeah you're right it's interesting you talking about the video stuff i mean i, I don't think i've seen any of your you know, pieces to camera where it's just you. Maybe that's because you haven't put them out into the world yet. But yeah, I've loved the video stuff that you've been that you've been putting out, and it's it's awesome. But yeah, on that on that cringy point, if you if you don't think your past self was cringe, then like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you know, I turned thirty last year. Uh, I, I mean, a lot of what I've done is cringe. I've got some videos on YouTube from previous businesses that I've been involved with, and yes, yeah, startups. Me and my dad, we did this. Uh, organic goat's milk skincare stuff we used to sell it there the markets here in in melbourne years ago and there's a there's like a three or four minute uh youtube video that is so cringe but i am so like stoked that it's on the internet and it's there like it's a it's a moment in time and one day my grandkids will see that if you know youtube hasn't you know been taken down or whatever like it's it's online so like i think that's really cool and there's many, many such examples like that and and it's all just talks to growth. So yeah, be more cringe. You know, you you've you've done a really cool thing with starting these little random cults, you know, the mango, the dried mangoes one of them. Maybe we need to start uh it's cool to be cringe, you know. Get that going, and just getting people posting cringy things of themselves throughout the week. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't think I have to do anything to start that. I think that's, that's already happening. <laughs> that's like most of, most of the internet, I feel like. And it's like my, my, myself included where, yeah, I, I definitely, even just like, uh, you know, a, a few weeks time, I'll, I'll look back on some things that I created and shared. And I think, gosh, what, what was I thinking? But it's also, you know, you're not thinking, I think that's the beauty of it too, with, with the flow of, of, of creativity and tapping into whatever the heck that process really is. A lot of it, I think the best stuff comes from that, the mind of no mind, from you know the thought of no thought, from the ability to just create sort of effortlessly. And, and in the example that you're mentioning, the, the dried mango, that was you know, a thought that I just sent out without really thinking. And it went decently viral for me. Like it has, you know, hundreds of thousands of, of views. And now people are, I, I received a message a Facebook message yesterday from a friend from high school who I haven't spoken to in over a decade. And it was a picture of dried mango. <laughs> it was just wow. saying, Your influence is spreading, wa- spreading far and wide. And I was just like, this is a hilarious trend. Never thought it'd be the dried mango guy, but it's, <laughs> 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 this is the power of cringe. You know, you just send it out there and who knows the ripple effects and uh, maybe even harnessing, you know, harnessing that, that uh, impulse to be cringe. is, I think, yeah, really important in the, in the process of, interfacing with technology being creative and self-actualizing in, in the modern in the modern era
1: yeah you know if i look what's beneath cringe it's almost like like silliness and playfulness and being a child And it's actually something that i wanted to just sort of compliment you on in a way where i think like you've always come across to me as someone who's very calm and grounded but you're always making jokes in a very like i don't know in in a in a childish silly way like you have to maintain that <clears throat> and so yeah i think i think you forever need that you can look at someone who you know is 40 50 years of age but they've got the you know the spirit of a child and you know they can still be wise but they are fun to be around and like we've never met in person and i'm sure it'll happen at some point but you've always just put out that sort of energy and that's very cool that you know someone reached out after 10 years and was like you know it's reaching and and that comes across in in the work that you've you've put out so yeah man kudos to you
0: thank you i appreciate that and it it is something i I find somewhat fascinating about myself when i'm able to reflect on myself and and yeah that childlike exuberance i think is a good word for it and i was actually I was thinking today. I saw someone, you know, just, they wrote a tweet. It was a crowdsource about like what book should I read next. And, and the first book that came to mind was was this book called Exuberance. And it was this—it's amazing, really underrated book about the state of exuberance and, and the way that it's framed. Is we're all familiar with depression. I know myself. I'm I'm familiar with it. I'm sure you are as well. And and really deep dark depression, I think, falls on pretty much everyone. Suicidal thoughts are, are probably something everyone experiences. I would guess uh, at, at this stage in, in the you know modern life that, that we all live, it's just it's kind of just part of being human in 2023. Um, I mm-hmm. think everyone in the first world, at least, I, I can't speak for people who are living you know in more of a tribal setting. Uh, they see, I know they're happier, like statistically, people who are living yeah. in you know more third worlds, despite the fact that you know, oh, they're third world, like their life, their quality of life is worse. It's like, well, they seem to be much happier. <laughs> on average. Yeah. So, so this, there's this concept called exuberance, which is the opposite of depression. You know, we don't have that concept. We're all familiar with depression, but what's the opposite of depression? And no one really talks about it. No one's like, oh, you know, how are mm. you today? It's like, oh, I'm, I'm exuberant. You know, <laughs> I'm like, I'm elevated. Yeah. I'm uh, the opposite of depression. And reading that book kind of presented me with the idea that you can access this state, cultivate this state and um, behave from a place of exuberance. And it's kind of a secret sauce for a lot of history's greatest uh, creators and, and and figures where they were able to tap into this sort of childlike state of wonder that we all have within us. Like we all have that inner child within us, maybe buried between, you know, under le- decades of, of disappointment, but it's still there. And you can reach down and you can grab that child's hand and you can pull them up to the surface mm-hmm. and, and embody that little guy or a gal. And uh, it's something that, <laughs> something that I strive to share because it's, it's pretty powerful.
1: Yeah, I love that. Exuberance. I'd have to check out that book. But yeah, the word's definitely been one that I've I've known of. It's an interesting point you raise. I was, um, in, in terms of the point of, you know, maybe third world tribes, you know, having potentially less exposure to the modern day technologies and then being happier. I was out riding my bike this morning, listening to our conversation, but I was just doing a loop of like the city. And as I was heading back towards my house, going against people heading into work on their bikes, I noticed something quite interesting. And it was everyone who was riding a push bike, like had to pedal themselves. They were either like, you know, breathing and like gassed. Some had smiles on their faces, but there was like intention behind the action. And then there were a few people on scooters, right? The electric powered scooters, and they were standing up, you know, proud high and and mighty but dude their faces were like like they were they were not excited they were not exuberant they were not happy and like all they're doing is like pulling this throttle and it's different i think if you're on like a dirt bike or a motorbike you know because that's like a different extreme sport all in all in and of itself but like these guys were on the bike path in some cases they were just like behind bikes excuse me i keep losing my voice here—it's very funny, um, but like they—they they were just almost like they were dead inside, you know. Like the term NPCs, they were just the NPCs out there on the bike path, not really partaking. They weren't actively putting any of their energy in, and then so they didn't get any energy from the action. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong—like being out, you know, in the sunshine, moving, the winds hitting your face through your hair—all of that is is a positive. But yeah, it was just an interesting thing that I noticed, like their faces were clearly different to those that were on push bikes, And so it, it goes to say, like, is this modern technology, you know, helping us? And I know in a lot of ways it does. You know, you've got a smartphone, I've got a smartphone. We, you know, most people listening to this would, but you sort of have to use it consciously. Otherwise, then it starts to take energy in other ways and- you know, it can be a process to figure out what and how it's going to serve you best. But I think it's uh it's something that probably not too many people are conscious of. They're just consuming these products in so many ways and yeah, it can be it can be quite detrimental and then that inner child, you know, has no chance of, of playing, you know, and getting out into nature and and just going with the flow of whatever life sort of throws at you so yeah that was a bit of a tangent on on what you said i think but in terms of like yeah the exuberance i think it's it's a great word that encapsulates that a lot
0: that's a beautiful example i really resonate with with that and and I don't know if you, you caught the faces of anyone <laughs> driving a car, but like that's the next level of it where I, you know, I ride my bike around LA, all every, I've been doing it for six years now, probably 30,000 miles all around the city and everywhere, you know, LA is notorious for the traffic. It's terrible. Yeah. And every time I see someone's face in a car, they look like, they look, they do not look happy. <laughs> you know, it's always like pouting and just like stewing in their negative emotions. And I'm, I'm smiling with by on a bike and it's, yeah, the, the, this is one of the most important concepts of our, of our time is that, yeah, we have all this beautiful technology. Yeah, it makes life easier and more convenient, but that's not going to contribute to a higher quality of life. Well, it, it, sort of,
1: it gives you the access to instant gratification, right? Like this is a big thing that people are talking about, whether it's a buzzword or whatever, but it's definitely a thing. It gives you that instant gratification. If you're on a scooter and you know, actually one thing that I despise is those electric <laughs> bikes i hate i like i it goes through my head like my evil intention the evil side of me comes out when i ride past people on electric bikes i want to push them over like let's go back to jousting i need to take like a hockey stick or something with me and just like fuck with their bike i hate it i rode past the guy this morning actually initially he rode past me and you know he flies past me he's on his electric bike and i'm just like you like what are you doing like and I, I go back to it, obviously, I'm being a little bit facetious, but you, like there was actually one time where I went for a bike ride on a Saturday night. It was like 8.30 at night. I bought this audio book. I just needed to get out of the house. I think I'd been out all, all day Saturday pretty much. And I downloaded Relentless by Tim Grover on Audible and saw that I could basically listen to the whole thing if I was like, you know, one and a half times speed in like a couple of hours, I think. And so I went for this bike ride on a Saturday night, 8.30 PM, dark, rode all the way around the city, ended up doing maybe like 60 miles on the bike. It was a big ride. Just listen to this audiobook. And toward the end of it, when I was getting back to my house, I just saw this light in the distance, like a bike light flashing. And I have this thing where whatever time of day it is, like I'll just be, you know, cruising at my own pace or whatever. But if I see a bike in the distance, I like have to catch that bike. (laughs) This like competitive edge in me is like I've just got to catch that person. Don't care if there's like traffic lights or whatever, like that's the game (laughs) I have to play. And so just, yeah, this really long road. It was like a side street, but it went for ages. There were like roundabouts, stood and and all these things, had to stop a couple of times. But I was powering after this bike. I was like, I've got to catch this bike, got to catch this bike. Had Tim Grover in my head like I'm two and a half hours in this audio audiobook. I was pumped, dude. It's like 11 p.m. at night, like an absolute psychopath chasing after his bike. And he turns a corner and the only reason I caught him, it was up this big hill. He'd stopped at a set of lights. But when I finally got there, like to me it didn't matter, like I'd caught him but he was on a fucking electric bike. And I was like, the whole time, I'm like powering. I didn't know that because he was way too far away for me to see. But he was on this electric bike. and was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> Proved to me that I could, I could do that. Anyway, maybe that speaks to my character more than, more than anything. And I've completely lost track of what I was actually <laughs> meant to be saying. Just got down this tangent. I think it was, yeah, no, you mentioned, you mentioned the faces of people in cars. I hate driving a peak hour. I actually sold my car last year for that reason I wanted to be able to yeah ride more have the excuse I live with my brother and his girlfriend they both own a car and my brother has a work car so if I ever need one for longer travel they're kind enough to to let me borrow theirs which is nice and I you know flicking some cash for for registration and all the things the government plugs us for but uh yeah I think you know getting up and and sitting in traffic first thing to start your day is no way to start the day and then you know going to work mostly sitting or whatever it is and then driving home it's it's a miserable existence i had plenty of that in my early 20s thankfully i was working a job i really enjoyed but yeah the the long distance travel sitting in cars is is crap if i'm ever if i'm ever doing it i have to have the music loud you know <laughs> or a podcast you know something like that but yeah try to make it as fun as possible
0: yeah and this this is really illuminating so i think what this right now i'm picking up on the theme of like man versus machine and and the story of you (laughs) biking up against the electric bike you conquered you know it was man man versus machine you conquered it and and we're all kind of facing this whether we're aware of it or not like the machine is a very real aspect of life and i think obviously you can't be completely away from it or completely not using it at all, like a Luddite where you're going to go live in the woods or you may, you could, but you probably won't. So how do we mm-hmm. analyze like what are the worst aspects of technology? And then how do we could kind of bring that, bring that noise level down? You mentioned a great one, like avoiding traffic, like being sit in traffic, sitting in traffic, like you don't, that's an option. That's optional for most people, like for most mm-hmm. people, not everybody, but most people you could have... Either a bike ride to where you're going, or or some other alternative method of travel. That's an option that's available, and and it is a much better option. I think we would both agree on that. But I'm also curious, as a tech entrepreneur, how do you mitigate the you know call to technology, where you know that's part of your job, and you've got to maybe constantly be on it to a certain degree, or you're constantly drawn to it. I don't know how do you, how does that play out in your life? The the you know computer technology.
1: Yeah. Well, you know. It's obviously a great time, technologically, to to be running sort of a business, especially off the back of COVID, where you now can can people can work from home and and it's really this accepted thing. You know, I was I was doing Zoom calls sort of before that COVID time and and saw that it could be a really helpful tool, and I know there was obviously plenty of people doing that, um, but you know. I I don't mind being on my phone late at night if it's serving a purpose but if I'm yeah like doom scrolling social media without it then I sort of have to question it and I can definitely get caught in that trap don't get me wrong like group chats with the boys where people are sending you know random videos or like Twitter's obviously great for that as well you can just go down this this rabbit hole of of just reading interesting tweets from from cool people but I think it sort of just serves my interest <clears throat> and as long as I can do that then it serves me as a as a person and so yeah I don't I don't look at all tech as being that negative and yeah I would never want to go off and and live in the live in the woods and be be totally disconnected from it because it's afforded me the opportunity to meet you know or connect with with you we again haven't met yet but you know i was able say last year for example after interviewing a few people via twitter i went to to waco texas and did did a 70.3 ironman and was able to meet some some guys and girls over there which was which was awesome so technology if used correctly no doubt is is the way but yeah you can you can fall into those traps uh it's just about finding. I think, like with anything in in the world, whether it's you know, food that you put into your body, this is just a thing that you're essentially feeding your your soul, you, uh, your your mind. Creating that environment is is super important. So, you know, I don't I don't watch the news, I don't listen to the radio, I don't really follow any, you know, media outlets here. I sort of get all of that sort of information from. I guess, serendipitously other sources, people that I follow, people that I trust, maybe talking about it. Uh, and then obviously if I want to get more information, I can go and, and look for it. But that's sort of how I use tech. But, yeah, these – these uh, I don't even know how to put it. But does that answer your question
0: in a way? Yes, yes. But you don't watch the news? <laughs> <laughs> How do you Not say enough? Really. I
1: was talking I was talking to someone about this on on the weekend. We went for a hike, and it's interesting the language, like language is such an important thing and the things we we tell ourselves. And so I obviously need to get over that that tall poppy syndrome. It's interesting we're talking on a podcast now. like I know that I am a podcaster, and I would think a good one. but there's always that will to improve. And so finding that balance, but then maintaining language that I think, really allows you to grow and it's not self-defeating but it's maybe something that is just in my Australian culture where we tend to take the piss out of ourselves quite a lot take the piss is that even something like I've said that to Americans before and they're like what the fuck is is he talking about
0: (laughs) I think I have some idea but but for listeners if you could explain that one then also tall poppy syndrome just in case anyone listening is, is unfamiliar
1: yeah well tall poppy syndrome is the idea that you've got a field of poppies like little flowers, and if one grows bigger than the rest, then it's going to stand out and so in Australia, tall poppy syndrome means like you cut down the tall poppies so that everyone's every every poppy is equal, but it it speaks to people right so it's just this idea that if yes, yeah, someone is out there doing certain things that maybe seem to be you know more or or better than others, then you cut them down and like I've never experienced it directly, but I've noticed that Americans and other cultures champion people putting things out into the world much more than Australians. And so that's sort of that tall poppy syndrome. Uh, but then taking the piss is basically just like, this is just having fun, M- making a joke of yourself, of, of others in a way that is is lighthearted and, and in good nature. So, you know I think you always have to do that it, it keeps you it keeps you young
0: mm. thank you yeah those I like it, it is interesting the, the cultural differences between like Australia and America yeah, I've never been to Australia but it, they seem you know they seem real similar like it almost seems like um, if you were to even compare something like like New England part of America to like the south of, of America like the, it's very different it's almost not the same country and then you compare like Australia almost seems like an extension of that even like the West coast compared to new England compared to like the Midwest, the South, and like the Pacific Northwest and Australia, like, cause we're all it, very similar sort of people, I guess, in a way, like Caucasians, I guess. Right. And then they're just, yeah. I guess even England and Ireland, you could throw them in the mix, but there are these differences that it's like, Oh, this is definitely a different, different country, you know, different culture in, in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah, totally. I, I love, I love the U S and I think a lot of, a lot of Australians do, but it's, it's definitely noticeable yeah that component of of just putting people forward championing people that are doing are doing things in the world and i'm thankful that i have found people who are more like me in that sense australians who are putting things out into the world and it's nothing against like the people that i grew up with or even plenty of the friends that i have now but some of them just aren't interested at all in this like i know some of my some of my best friends probably won't even listen to this and I know that don't even like listen to the podcast which is fine but like if you have friends like I would like to think that you know your some of maybe your closest friends would support this you know this this podcast that you do or or reach out and don't get me wrong a lot of my friends do but then there's yeah I know and that's fine like I don't take it personally like they're just not into it and we have other things that we you know, have reality on and and can can jam on and riff on. So, yeah, but it it is interesting the the differences in culture. But in saying that, like I'm not I'm not very well traveled. Like I've been to the US quite a few times, spent a lot of time actually in California. But yeah, I've I've never been to Europe, never been to South America, <laughs> never even been really to Asia. Even though like Australia is sort of part of that Oceania Asia mix. But yeah, I'm, I'm a pretty basic basic white dude when it comes to. <laughs> you know, being a well-traveled human. It's not, I mean, definitely plan to one day, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Same at this point. Yeah. That that won't, this won't be a too, too much of a fruitful part of the conversation because I've also not traveled. I have never (laughs) even left left America. So I've I've got a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, exploration, exploring to do, but I'm also, I, I'm not sure that I, I agree that it's even, you know, I I think it's a little bit overhyped, a little bit over overrated in a lot of ways where, it's, it's glorified and, and almost unfairly where I, I feel like a strong draw towards like the local community where, you know, putting down roots. And, and I feel like that's been sort of left in the dust in a lot of ways. I was just talking to a friend yesterday, like how, how rare is it where people just go and start a conversation with somebody else in the community? It's like yeah. very rare here. I, I think feel like everywhere it's become all rare due to technology, but it's like glorified if you're, you know, go to, some Caribbean island and you like post pictures on the internet, but like what about just going and talking to your neighbor, you know, like that, that's totally. on the same scale now where it's like, whoa, what adventure. <laughs> no, it's like, it's yeah. wild, wild to think how, how the world has changed in a lot of ways and, and what we see as valuable experience versus what has been lost to the sands of time and, and to the, you know, old traditions.
1: It's, it's so true. And funny, like I went and bought, some groceries just before this chat. So I got home from the bike ride, realized I didn't have any eggs for breakfast. So I went down, got some eggs, a few steaks, some garlic and, you know, a few other things. And was just talking to the lady at the register, older woman, her name was Mary. I didn't ask her age because I thought that might be rude, but she looked like she was in her late 60s, potentially even early 70s. And, you know, asked how her day's been. She's like, oh, it's only 9.30. I feel like I've been here all day and i was like oh when when did you wake up you know when do you when did, when did you start she's like i was up at 5 here at 7 finish at 5 i'm like you work 10 hours like obviously you would have a break but like you know she's an older body but clearly like a younger soul out there working and and doing things which i think is what i would like to do when i, I get that age like I don't, i'm i'm probably never going to retire like i always want to be doing things because once you sort of stop and slow down that's when i think the body will decay right but, yeah, that point that you make of just like speaking to people in your local community, making eye contact, like saying hi to people when you pass them out on a walk. So many people walk with headphones these days, like AirPods, and they're not great for you, but at least they're outside walking. But it's just like, yeah. make eye contact, smile, wave, crack a joke. You know, the more you can do that, I think the better. And yeah, I love that. Like, I go to a local market every Saturday and I was there on the weekend getting a few just at at this little barbecue that these people had, like sausages, bacon, eggs, onion in this like focaccia sandwich. And ladies were just like asking me about my weekend because I see them all the time and it's great. It's always great conversation. And so, yeah, we definitely need more of that. So you're right. Maybe I shouldn't look at it as like I'm not super well-traveled. I definitely – I have depth where I am and I love Melbourne. It's an incredible city. It was – it was a pretty shitty time the last couple of years, and we're 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 out of that now. But uh, I'm very grateful to have grown up here and and have the roots, and know that I can go to so many places around this around this city, and and yeah, have friends, but also have the ability to make friends through, I guess, who I am, and yeah, that ability to just start a conversation with with someone. But it's actually something that I. That I wanted to do when I started my podcast and I'm yet to do is just go up to someone in the street with a mic and just just riff for 15, 20 minutes. I need to do it. But it doesn't have to be like that. It doesn't have to be content either, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Although that is, is an interesting sort of creative project. And it makes me think earlier in the conversation when you were helping your friend run the marathon on the beach and you reached out to that CEO and it ended up resulting in you having having that job Were you in that moment do you remember if you were sort of hesitant or or fearful in any way to like raise your voice and 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 say hello or or was it more like a natural kind of flow
1: no it was very natural dude i I, like i shouted out i shouted out his name (laughs) and i remember him saying he said this at the christmas dinner party so that story that i sort of yeah talked to i found out that that was the moment he decided to give me the job because at the Christmas dinner party a month or so later, after I'd gotten the job, they, I hadn't worked there yet that year, but thankfully they, yeah, they, they kindly invited me to the, to the dinner party for, for their team. And he was like, I didn't know anyone. I'd only met a few people before then, but yeah, he, he was like, that was the moment I decided to give you the job. But I just shouted out. He said he was like in this meditation, meditative sort of moment where he's just walking down the beach and I absolutely pierced that he said which is quite funny everyone everyone enjoyed that Um, I remember the dinner but yeah I've always been someone who don't get me wrong like I definitely have certain inhibitions and you know taper myself at certain times but yeah on that particular occasion no no hesitation no back off I think for the most part in life you just sort of like you, you, you got to, You got to put yourself out there. Like I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have made it to this point with the podcast if I hadn't. And I know a lot of it is via like tech, but then you've still got to show up and like have the conversation. And I don't know about you, like you get nervous. Like were you a little bit nervous before this
0: call? Sometimes, um, not not usually at, at this point. I, I'll say I wasn't wasn't nervous. More excited, and I yeah. think that there's definitely a big big distinction there. And, and sometimes there are get nervous um but we've we've had you know previous interactions i'd say mm. we're friends you know yeah. before this and, and it may seem weird to say that we're friends because we haven't met so like maybe i need a new word for like you know people no, bro, who, we're, friends. You we're, we're friends you can say we're friends I'm, We're I'm friends. Friends <laughs> like, Yeah, we're, sure. we're, we're friends you can make friends with people on the internet that you've never met and like those conversations are, are so easy and fun and it there's no nerves it's like all excitement i'm, I'm like ex, i'm exuberant to create with you to to co-create to collaborate yeah but there are some people who are like more established figures in the industry like doctors they're like you know their time is valuable not that your time's not valuable but like this is what's going through my head yeah, totally. their time's valuable like i need to you know be professional or, or some sense and it's like i get all hyped up and, and nervous um because I've also never really interacted with them before. So I do get nervous sometimes for sure. I get some anxiety. Yeah. But I always try and remember that you can't get the butterflies to go away, but you can get them to fly in formation. So I just kind of reframe being anxious or nervous, reframe that as excitement because it's really the same sort of energy, same frequency within me. So I always kind of use my mind to coordinate that energy and then use it for more exuberance in, in the conversation.
1: Yeah, it's a great point. I think nerves are, good, are a good thing. They're like a guiding thing. I wasn't, yeah, nervous necessarily to jump on this because you're right, we are we are friends. We've had plenty of, of chats since sort of first interacting. But I, I like getting nervous. If I wasn't nervous, then I'd be like sort of what's the point? I remember getting super nervous when I would play soccer when I was a little kid and I never played at that high of a level as a junior kid but to the point where I remember telling one kid like – that I was not going to play the next season because I was getting so nervous and I was like a 13-year-old kid like playing soccer and like, yeah, it was just ridiculous. Uh, but now like obviously I've got a bit more of a control and a bit more sense of like life and that it's it's an important thing and thankfully I didn't quit soccer that next season. But, yeah, I think it's, it's a great sort of thing that fuels you and, yeah, maybe the language is more e- the exuberance, the fuel that – that propels you forward. But I I often get like a little bit of that and it just shows me that, yeah, what I'm doing is is important. It's important to me and it, it keeps me there.
0: What is podcasting to you? How do, how do you perceive the art, the medium at this stage, now that you've been doing it for, for years and are, you know, have a grip on it from a many different perspectives as a professional, uh, who helps others engage with it and also has as as a as a one who practices the craft yourself
1: yeah good question man. I think it's having conversations and being there in the moment and not having an expectation of exactly what's going to come from it and being able as the host to hold space to put someone in in a good light, but ultimately it's just following your interest and being interested in another person and certain things. So in a very meta way, like obviously what we're doing now, you've, you've asked and reflected back on certain things. And I think you do that really well. You did that in the conversation that we first had, where you sort of turned the tables and asking me questions. But that's ultimately what I think it is. And communication is, I think one of the most important things we have as humans. I think it, you know, clear communication can solve so many problems if there's any ambiguity being able to communicate clearly and getting that message across from yourself and getting it understood by the person listening is super important, which is why language, elocution, tone, all of those things are vital. And I'm constantly trying to improve on that. You know, increasing my vocabulary. Not that I necessarily sit down and and read a dictionary or <laughs> flick through a thesaurus all that often, but I often you know, if there's words that i don't understand i make sure that i you know look them up on on my smartphone which i've got next to me you know the little four you know you can have a few constantly there on the home screen down in that bottom tab on on an iphone i've got the dictionary app and so if there's ever a word that i you know don't understand in daily life i make sure that i know what that means it's a pretty important thing that I don't know, I've just always sort of done it since being a teenager. My mum taught in a primary school when I was little. Thankfully, I was, you know, I guess a a brighter child, not that I'm some genius now by any means, but it's always been something important. But coming back to your original question on, yeah, what is podcasting? I think it's just long-form conversation, or it doesn't even have to be long-form. It's just conversation. And for me, in the podcast that I have, I just want to – Learn about a person's life and how they've come to be, how they think they've become the person that they are today, and then where they're going. Because you can learn so much from someone like that lady Mary at the shops. That was the first time I've had a a chat with her. Like I've never, never met her before. If I go back again next time, like just keep having chats, but maybe I'll be like, yo, Mary, do you know what a podcast is? (laughs) (laughs) You know, hopefully she will, but she is a little bit older. So, you know, with some of the, the, Elderly people in our community, we, you know, I do have to explain it to them. But, you know, maybe have a chat with her. And, like, she would have so many stories. You couldn't even scratch the surface in a two-hour conversation, one-hour conversation. But that's what podcasting is to me, following your interest, having great chats, holding space.
0: Beautiful answer. Great elucidation and riff on the medium that really has only arisen in the past i don't know a couple decades since since the the ipod came out and then they you know it was like radio broadcasts and they were like let's call this thing a a podcast because it's like a radio cat radio broadcast on an ipod and now it's like really taken (laughs) off as it's become a much more popular medium of entertainment and education and just really cool thing and i love the idea of a of a how we can have honest conversations and, and learn about ourselves through that. Like we're, we're both gaining as a result of this art form, but we're both practicing it, you know, live in real time. And the listeners get to enjoy it as, as well as, as a third party um, enjoying the, the result of this creativity, almost as if we both had brushes on a canvas and we were contributing our paint and our, yeah. you know, structure to that canvas. And then you could hang it up and people could check it out. I'm, I'm curious what you think if we were to dive a, a layer deeper, what is happening in a conversation like what what's the conversation
1: yeah that's a good question what is a conversation well you ask a question hopefully based on interest because if it's based on something else then when i receive that question if i'm actively listening and being there hopefully you hopefully a, a lot of people but i know not everyone cuz you know, we're plugged into things like technology and we get hit with all these ads and different things. But if you're there in the moment, I think you would take whatever that intention that comes in from that question. And however, whatever that triggers in you, whatever memory, whatever thought, then if you feel comfortable with that person, hopefully you'll be able to share from a place of just authenticity and without fear of judgment. And I think it's something that people are getting better at, you know. There's a lot of chaos in this world right now. A lot of things, You, if you do watch the news or consume a lot of social media, you'll see it. You don't need me to explain it. There's a lot of things, but I think, you know, whether you call it an awakening or whatever the case may be, people are learning more about themselves. And I think it starts with, yeah. Yeah whether it's a conversation with yourself or a conversation with a person who can just be there and hold that space for you and and listen and give you an acknowledgement, like an acknowledgement. Like I understand. Like that's one thing that I notice with a lot of podcasts is people, like the host, and maybe they edit it out, but I don't think they do. But like (laughs) not many people acknowledge, you know, and interviewers like if you watch, you know, Sports, like I'm pretty sure like as we're recording this game seven, Boston versus Miami is playing, right? You watch the end of that. Whoever goes up and interviews, whoever the basketball might be, Jason Tatum, they're not going to acknowledge whatever they say. They'll just go straight into the next question. And I realize that that's like they're, they're short on time, right? But like they're not having a conversation, all these sports stars, they're just giving out the cliche answer. It's not like if you compared a hundred interviews, like you'd be stretched to find a few authentic answers, right? But that's what I think is communication. Hmm. It's, it's a good question. Like I haven't yet formulated an answer previous to this on what that is. I've definitely thought about it, but that's what I would say in the moment. Is just like you hearing that question, giving – you know, your honest and authentic response and then communicating that back and then that being acknowledged by that person. And then maybe you have a question on on that front and then the flow reverses and then that's like two-way, two-way communication. Then you're actually having a proper conversation as opposed to just like telling someone about your day. And don't get me wrong, like it's, it's nice telling someone about your day, but then if they just, they'll go... And tell you about their day and there's no real like acknowledgement and follow-up questions you're not really having a conversation it's sort of just two people throwing things at each other and this is like not meant necessarily a shade on other podcasts because like I'm I'm learning it I'm learning this all the time and and trying to get better at it but it's something that I think even in day-to-day life when you're communicating with someone it's important to just be there and listen and don't know what – like you don't have to know what the next question is. Like we could just sit here in silence for 30 seconds if you don't know where to take this. I'm not going to be like fucking weird about it. Like that's that's just life. Like just be in the moment and just talk. And if something comes in your head, just share it, you know, and if you lose track of what you were talking about, then just say it. Like it's totally fine.
0: Well said. Yeah, and I I used to really struggle with conversations. Like when I was younger, I I didn't understand them. I thought it was like, especially small talk. I was just like, I would get so frustrated (laughs) with it, and I didn't understand what was happening. I was almost as if I was never taught, or you know, had enough opportunity to practice. And it wasn't until I spent a lot of time talking to people on the phone through through a job where it was 8, 10, 12 hours a day of calling and talking to people where I was able to pick up the skill and and sort of get on the path of, of mastery of, of craft and sort of learning the ins and the outs, the art and the science. And now that I have a, a deeper understanding of it, it's much more fun and much more nourishing. And it is something that I think that is missing, you know, deep conversations. A lot of people are it's more surface level, like they have their phone out and halfway through the conversation it's like checking the phone and then you can feel this sort of convo flow just kind of dip into this sort of Mm -hmm. mediocre space where now it's just maybe an exchange of information or you know the emotions kind of fall flat and you're not as invigorated or or into it and i know like as we're having this conversation even though it's separated by thousands of miles brought together by technology I'm, i'm having you'll be elucidating articulating and i'm getting these visions of different directions where i can take the thing or different ideas sprout up and it, I've, there's also a lot of choices to be made creatively of what i should say next how i should take it what to, whether to pivot to dive deeper to you know change direction entirely and, and ask you about you know your first love or who knows what you know it's really bizarre to think that we can do this thing and yeah Especially in the context of a podcast where we're also sort of trying to be entertaining and, and educating, you know, potentially to add more value to the listeners. And it's really strange and fun, but I'm glad to have had the opportunity to, to connect with you and, and co create this strange, fun thing and, and learn from you and, and kind of dig in and, and, and twist around and be exuberant. So that has, has been a tremendous, tremendous flow. And before we land, yeah this i wanted to just give you some space to to riff and if there's anything you want to bring up or ask me or or go off on want to give you some space to just kind of free flow here as as we as we draw near the conclusion of our of our conversation
1: beautiful case i love it man i mean you you mentioned there yeah around the communication one thing that i maybe didn't mention is just like yeah if someone's picking up their phone and scrolling whatever the case may be you notice that they lose that intention behind whatever and you ultimately need the attention of someone you can't be having a a conversation with someone and they're not giving you you know full attention at least a proper conversation in my opinion so there's that but yeah in terms of of riffing on on anything that's come up like yeah this has been a this has been a fun chat I feel like we could have you know 20 more of these and yeah learn about each other's first loves and you know, different things. I, I remember when I wanted to have you on as a guest of the podcast, one thing that I sort of kept joking about was how you just are this incredibly shredded dude and we never got to <laughs> the, the direct bottom of of your cheese grater abs. So, you know, maybe I'll have to come to Santa Monica and, and find that out for myself. But, man, it's it's pretty cool that, like, you know, I, I know that you had the idea to start a podcast before we had that conversation, but the idea that it sort of – did come to life off the back of, of our chat is, is really cool. And to have this now, you know, a year on just goes to show that like a lot of progress can happen, like a lot of tangible progress can happen in a short space of time. You might've been thinking about doing it for a few years. I know I had been, you know, planning my podcast and thinking about it as opposed to getting out in the world and creating it, uh, for a few years before eventually recording but yeah I guess you know to anyone listening to to this you know an hour in I think it would just whatever you are putting off but if you are thinking about it enough just go and like do something about it it can be cringe the more cringe the better like just put something out into the world you know we we mentioned him before Seth Godin. I've loved his writing over the time. Unfortunately now he thinks that cows are really bad. So maybe we'll gloss over that a little bit, but it's a real shame. He's one of my heroes. But he doesn't like he doesn't think we should all eat cows. <laughs> cows are delicious, Seth, if you're listening to this. You coming around. But anyway, man. one of his incredible blog posts is called First Ten. And it's the idea that like whatever you create first, give it to ten people that are in your, you know, close circle, friends, family, it doesn't necessarily have to be 10, it can be five, it can be 20, but people who you you value, who you know maybe will give you the honest feedback and opinion that you're looking for and if they like it and if it grows, you know, then it will grow and it will continue to grow. Maybe it won't be the best podcast in the world in 12 months. I'm not saying that yours is not case, by the way. It could be. I don't know. I don't really look at the rankings or the download numbers. So if there's you know, five million people listening to this, what's going on? I hope you enjoyed the chat. But it'll it'll grow. And but more than more than the growing, like hopefully you will grow and and you'll like your life will change. I mean, the things that have happened in the last 12 months since we had that first conversation have, have been pretty cool for me. And I'm sure they would have been for you too. So yeah, that's what I think life is, is just like finding your groove, finding your your rhythm, but constantly trying to like improve and raise that in whatever that looks like for you. And I know it's sort of human nature in some ways to compare, you know, that saying comparison is a thief of joy, I think is spot on, but I, I compare in, in some ways to different things. It's not necessarily the most healthy thing, but it also drives me, you know, if I wasn't comparing that bike in the distance, I wouldn't be riding as hard when I'm out on the trail. be doing those certain things i wouldn't have as much inspiration as i have so yeah hopefully that resonates with with people listening with the five million listeners with the five (laughs) listeners with the one listener you're listening hopefully that resonates (laughs) with you
0: deep and powerful i thoroughly enjoyed. it resonates deep and hits my heart hits home that's a beautiful way to conclude this awesome episode that i really enjoyed Deep appreciation for you sharing your attention, your light, your wisdom, your experience, and your words with, with me and, and all 5 million listeners. It's, it's, been, it's been a blast. And <laughs> Rune McDonald, thank you. Thank you very much.
1: Case, you're a legend. Thanks for having me, bro.